0: For the last year since Pastor Henry and Emma left, my wife has been working with our youth as the youth pastor. She's got a staff that works with her. One of the main ones that works with her is Nathaniel. You all know Nathaniel because he leads our worship and media ministries and such. And uh, you may or may not know this, but Nathaniel's been working on his process to become a minister. And so they decided that they would like to team preach today. So... Pastor Jan, would you come? We so appreciate your work with our young people, and we look forward to what God has to share through you and Nathaniel today. Thank you, babe. (laughs) Y'all have to call him Pastor Babe, but he's just babe to me. (laughs) Oh, as always, it's such an honor, such a privilege to stand in this pulpit, and I just want to pray and then just jump right in. Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, as I step back, I ask you, God, your Holy Spirit to flow in and through me and step forward to bring the word you have for me and Nathaniel to bring today. Use us, oh God, may we say everything you would have us say, not one word more or one word less. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen many of you have told me you missed me last Sunday. Well, I missed you too. I was in Branson, Missouri at a pastor's wives retreat, and I had the privilege of speaking to the pastor's wives last Sunday, and it was such an amazing honor, such a joy, but I always miss you guys when I'm not here. So I'm back and ready to preach. Just a few weeks ago, Pastor Tim, I'm just going to come on down on the floor. Pastor Tim told us a little bit about when him and I were dating. And I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. You see, I was engaged to be married before I went off to Bible college, and I was not engaged to the one God had for me. And when the Lord finally got a hold of my hard head, helped me to realize this guy, he was a great guy, but he was not the one God had. And I'm grateful the Lord used my parents to pray him out of my life. But I promised God when I went off to college, I said, Lord, I'm not going to get serious with anyone until I know that I know he's the one you have for me. When I met Pastor Tim, he was sitting on a fence and these pretty girls standing beside him talking to him and they introduced me to him. And I thought, my, 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 he is so cute. And he was. And just in case you're wondering, he still is. And he ended up asking me out, and I told him, it's the definite possibility. Ladies, what does a definite possibility mean? Yes? Oh, no, no, no. It meant if I don't get a better offer, then I'll go out with you. That's terrible, but that's what it meant to me. He thought it meant yes. He went and told his roommate. I asked her, can I go out with her? And she said, yes. Well... I saw him a day or two later, and I said, I've decided I'd like to go out with you. Later, he told me, I was so glad you said yes, because I told everybody we were going to go out. I know, I was young and immature, but what can you say? So because of having been engaged and being afraid of getting uh, serious quickly, when a guy would ask me out, and I meant this, I was like, if you want to pay for my food, go ahead, I'll go out with you, but I'm not looking for a relationship. But there was something so special about Tim McIntyre and we began to date and I was dating other people just casually. And finally it came down to where I was like, I have to make a decision here. And I was falling hard for this guy. He was pursuing me, but very lovingly and very gently. In fact, for sweetest day, which is one day in October, I don't even know what day it is. He worked in the cafeteria and he got four pieces of little cake, put them together and somehow got a hold of icing and he put on their happy sweetest day. And he gave me that. It was just so sweet and romantic. And so anyway, he, he just continually pursued me and he had asked me to go home with him for Thanksgiving to meet his family. And I told him, yes. But then I started getting scared and I broke off dating him. I know I did, but I told him, I said, we need to talk. I said, you know, I've been dating you and I've been dating this other guy kind of like a lot and I have to make a choice. And he said later, he said, I was sitting there going, yes, it's about time. And I told him, I said, I'm going to stop dating you. I know I broke his heart, but you have to understand, I was terrified of making a wrong decision and I was falling deeply in love with this amazing man. The other guy, I want to talk about how immature I was. Girls don't ever do this. He was older and I said to him, you know, when I go out with you, I feel like I'm going out with my dad. (laughs) Don't ever say that. I know even the guys are like, what? Okay. He was bald. He was good looking kind of, and he had a great personality and he took me to expensive places to eat free food. I was always thinking about the food. College food was like, blah. I felt safe with him because I wasn't falling in love with him. I just had fun going out with him, but poor pastor Tim, I just broke his heart. And, but you know what? He continued to be my friend. And I said to him, well, I suppose you don't want me to go home with you now. And he said in his mind, he was going, you bet I don't. But not this guy. He was such, always such a gentleman. He said, well, let me think about it. And a day or two later, he said, you know what? We were friends before we started dating and we're always going to be friends. So yes, I would like for you to go home with me. So I went home with him for Thanksgiving and poor guy, his parents are like, what do you mean you're not dating her? What's your problem? We think she's a good girl for you. He never guys, listen to this. He never, ever threw me under the rug. He never said anything bad about, well, she's the one that quit dating me. He just said, well, we just decided now as you know, we're just going to be friends. He always protected me. He was always loving and kind no matter what. And I didn't deserve that. Long story short, I went home for Christmas. He even gave me a Christmas present. I remember a beautiful pale blue powder, blue sweater. And I don't remember what I gave you, but it doesn't matter anyway. But during Christmas, I went home and I just, instead of going to a lot of Christmas parties and stuff, I began to pray and seek God because I knew that I love this guy. And I said, God, if he's the one, you have to make it so clear to me. And then in January, when we came back to college, I asked him if he could take me to the mall to pick up some stuff. Cause he was my friend. We get into the mall and I burst into tears and I'm just like, and he's like, what's wrong? I said, can we go back to the car and talk? We ended up going to the zoo and sitting outside the zoo. And, and I told him, and he's like, Jan, what is wrong? And I said, I love you. (laughs) That's not what he was expecting. He was expecting me to say, I shouldn't have broke off dating you, and I'd really like to date you again. And he said, oh, that quick, he was already thinking, well, let me think about it, because I'm dating somebody else too. But when I just looked at him with tears streaming down my face, saying, I love you, he said, well, I'm going to have to think about this. And I'm like, I don't deserve... For you to date me, I I get that. But you ask what's wrong, that's what's wrong. A day or two later, I can't remember if it was the next day. I think it was the next day. I go through the lunch line in the cafeteria and he comes out and he hands me, do y'all know what a cassette tape is? I know y'all probably don't. But y'all know what a cassette tape is? He gave me the cassette tape and he had this just blank look on his face. It wasn't a smile. It wasn't like I'm happy to see you. And he goes, you'll know my answer when you listen to this. I took my plate, I went and sat down and I couldn't eat. I went and threw all that whole bit of food away. I threw it away because I wanted to know what in the world does this tape say? I ran to my dorm room and I put it in and it began to play. I'm ready to take a chance again. I'm getting the wrong key. Ready to lay my love on the line with you. Anyway, and then the next song is I Can't Smile Without You. And I knew that I knew this was the man for me. Why am I telling you all of this? Because he pursued me. He pursued me. He loved me. He was very gentle and kind no matter when I didn't deserve it. And I'm telling you this today as an example of pursuit. Today we're going to talk about the pursuit of God. Matthew 6 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I can tell you, I am a living testimony of God providing for our needs. And I like to say, he's the God of the then some, he provides for you. And then some, when you seek God with all of your heart, When you put him first, you can trust him to take care of you. But I can also tell you, I'm stinky flesh and blood just like you. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I sin. Sometimes I have wrong thoughts. Sometimes I have a wrong attitude. But what I've learned to do is when I mess up, I fess up to God. And I ask him to forgive me. And then whoever I've hurt or done wrong, I try to make it right with them. And when we live this way, we can trust God to meet our every need. Now, he doesn't always give you all you want. It's not like he's that um, slot machine in the sky that you put your quarter in and you get what you want. No, that's not it. But when you live for him, he will take care of you. I strive to seek the kingdom of God and live a righteous life. That is my passion. So let's talk about pursuing God. If you take a notes, write down point number one, what does it mean to seek God above all else? It means to put God first in every part of your life. But how do we do this? That sounds great, but how do we do this? A, the first step is, is surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Going to church does not make you a Christian no more than sitting in a garage will make you a car. Going to church is a great thing to do, but that's not what makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is recognizing you're a sinner. Recognizing you need a savior to save you. I had to come to that conclusion. I had to recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And then we have to repent of our sins. God, please forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I've done wrong. And be the Lord of my life. And that's when we can start pursuing the kingdom of God. Be Choose to obey God's word. James 1 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. We must learn to walk in obedience to the word of God. When we walk in obedience to the word of God, we can pursue the kingdom of God. See, I'm moving right along. Y'all choose your thoughts Wisely. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally brothers, whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. Think on these things. If there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. You need to choose wisely what you are thinking about. And you may say, well, Pastor Jan, that's easier said than done. That's hard to do. Don't believe that lie. That's a lie. That you tell yourself, oh, it's just so hard, I can't help the thoughts that I think. The devil just comes after me. But can I tell you, my friend, when a negative thought sets in or a dirty thought sets in, that's when you need to purposely choose to replace it. Oh, no, 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 devil, not today, not ever. I am a child of God. I am created in my Father's image. I can do whatever I need to do for the joy of the Lord is my strength replace those thoughts. Don't give into that. "Uh, I just, I can't help the thoughts that I have. Yes, you can. Yes, you can replace those thoughts and do it out loud. Say it out loud. Change your thoughts because we believe what we hear ourselves say more than what we hear anybody else say. If the devil's lying to you, telling you, you'll never amount to anything. That's when you go, no devil, you a liar from the pit of hell. I amount to a lot because I am a daughter of the one true king, or I am a son of the one true king. Say those things out loud and say it with passion. Like you mean it, it will change you. It will change your thoughts. Your thoughts determine who you become. Your thoughts will set you free. They change what you do. D, you must choose to serve God every day. Every day, make God a priority by spending time studying his word, the Bible. Make time talking to him in prayer throughout the day. When you wake up in the morning. God, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you, God. I have a pillow to lay my head upon. Thank you, God, that I have food to eat. Thank you, God, that I have clothing to put on my body. Thank you, God, I have shoes to wear. Thank you, God, we have a car to drive. Thank you, God, we have a house to live in. It may not be as big or as nice as so-and-so's, but God, you have provided a place for me to live and I appreciate it. I thank you. I bless you, God, begin the day in worshiping him and thanking him for all that he's done and then ask him for your needs and then ask him something I love to do is God, would you use my hands and my feet to be your hands and feet today? Would you show me who you want me to minister to God show me what you want me to do and this is not what we pray because I'm a pastor this is what I pray because I'm a child of God this is what you need to pray because you are a son or daughter of God and if you are not I hope and pray you will be before this day is over. You can also ask God for wisdom. The Bible says when we ask God for wisdom, he will freely give it. So ask him, God, give me wisdom. How do I handle this situation that I'm facing? How do I handle this particular thing? God, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my bills. Would you give me wisdom to know how to do that? And he will do exactly that. We're getting ready now to go into talking about passion. We need to Not just have, not just pursue God with pursuing the kingdom of God, but we need to have passion to do that.
1: Amen. 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 Test one, two. All right. So this morning, my I would like to start out with a simple question. And that question is, What is your passion? What is your passion? What is something that excites you? And what is something that you love to do? For some people, you may already have it in your mind. For some people, it may take a quick little second because you have to choose which ones, the passions that you have. Because I know I have a couple. But my next question is to think about is what are you doing to be better in your passion? What steps do you take to get better at your passion? And are you being productive with your passion? When we have a passion for something, we don't feel like it's a job or it's a chore. When we have a passion, we take it upon ourselves to to just do it, right? Some of us, we have a passion for gardening. And some of us, we get out in the the early mornings to go... Take out all the weeds and, and, and make sure that the plant is, is well groomed and watered and, and ready to go. Some of us is cooking. Some of us, we're, we're getting our seasonings ready to cook for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Some of us are a mechanic. Some of us love to work on cars. And some of us, like me, is music. We love music. And my passion is music. But when we, and we all have passions for something, but what I mainly want to challenge you today, is what is your passion like with your relationship with God? And in that same way, are you always wanting to make it better? Are you taking those steps to grow in it daily, to make yourself, you know, with that understanding of your relationship with God? And in Matthew chapter 6 it says, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be provided to you. Seek Jesus. So what does it mean to seek Jesus? What does it mean to seek first? Well, the definition in the, in the dictionary it says to go in search of, to look, or to try to discover. And so what does that mean when we apply that to our walk with Christ? And that means to seek God. When we wake up, the first thing we do in the morning is we thank Him. To seek God is when we go to Him in prayer, in the middle of the the good times and the bad times, we seek Him. To seek God is living a continuous life of praise and worship. And to seek Him, we live and walk as Christ did every day. So I challenge you to think how strong is your passion today? How strong is your passion with your relationship with God? When you start something, you don't always start out with a big passion. I'm not sure not all of us was born, you know, uh, tri- pulling weeds. Not all of us was born trying to, to figure out what's connecting to the engine of the car, and all these different things, but the passion started with a small thing. And it grew. And it grew. And I can tell you with my experience with music, and if you can go ahead and unmute the keyboard over here. When we start out with our, our passion, for example, my passion was the piano and so when i started out with the with the piano i didn't start out just you know playing it didn't start out like that it started out with and from there it grew to It grew from that every day by practice. It grew every day by taking the time out of my day to to learn. Whether it's by from a teacher or by yourself, but I grew every day. And then soon you begin. Playing with, with, with bands, with other teams. You begin leading worship on a Sunday morning and, and you have the opportunity to, to move from a beginning level to intermediate level and then to an advanced level. But then your passion is built and, and you, you, you're a musician. You can call yourself a musician, a gardener, a mechanic. But then you might get busy. You might get busy. And what does that mean when we become busy? That means we don't practice as much. We don't take the time out of our day to pull the weeds and then the weeds grow over the plant and you don't know which is the plant or the weeds. And it just becomes something you do. But it's not... It's not so. It shouldn't be that way. And in that same way, when you meet Jesus, you're at the beginning level. You're a beginner. You meet Jesus and you fall in love. Anybody can think back to a time when you first fell in love with Jesus? That first time when you accepted Him? You are in the beginning stages. Your interest was peaked. You started to learn the Word. If some of you memorized it growing up in in Sunday school, they taught you different stories. You learned about Noah and Jonah and Nehemiah and David, how he killed the giant. You're growing every day. You take the time to read the Word, to pray, spend time with God. And your passion is built. You move from beginner to intermediate to advance. But then you get busy. You get busy. And that time that you spend in the Word, it turns from having that deep relationship with God, having that passion driven on fire for the Word, it turns into, oh, I think this, this prayer would just cover me for the day. It turns into, oh, this scripture verse, oh, I'll read the verse of the day on you version and that'll be enough. No. No. It just becomes a checklist. And it should not be that way. I remember the time when my my relationship with God got stagnant. Where I would read a couple of verses, you know, here and there. a pray, spend my time in the Word. Because I had to get up and go do this. Or it was Sunday morning, so I didn't spend my time in the Word. Because I had to go get ready to lead worship. My excuse was, oh, I, I was too busy or I'll do it later. But can I tell you that when you do it later, do you ever do it later? <laughs> no. I know for a fact with my homework, sometimes it, it I said, oh, I'll do it later. I'll watch some TV. Didn't do it. But when I realized what was happening, my prayer became, God, put a fire in my heart for you. That I want to get excited for you again. I want to learn more about you. I want to be a deeper worshiper. I want to enter into your, your courts with praise and with thanksgiving. I want to take my time out of my day to be devoted to you. In order to seek Jesus, you cannot be comfortable. You have to be driven. Some of you guys have been, have been getting too comfortable with going to bedside Baptist on a Sunday morning. And COVID has been, has become an excuse to stay home, to not go out. Yes, we take precaution, but there's still people to be, to be reached. There's still lives to be touched. There's still fellowship that needs to be done. And when that I'm busy takes into place, we stop growing. We stop evolving. When we are too comfortable, sometimes our prayers, our desires, they don't get done. And that is some of the reasons why when we're praying, Oh God, I need this, or God, I need you to do this in my life. But you're just sitting there in the congregation on a Sunday morning to hear the Word and go home, because you got things to do. What actions are you putting in place? What things are you doing to grow your relationship? It's time to stop being comfortable and time to start to kick it into gear. And when you become stagnant in your walk with God, that is what happens. And I'm here to remind you today that it's time to go to the next level. It's time to get your passion back. We want our prayer and our heart's desire to be, God, put a fire in me to want to grow with you more every day. Don't think that you're old. Don't think you're too young. But God has a plan and a purpose for you in Jeremiah 29 11. And it's for everyone. Don't be complacent in where you are. There's things to be done in the kingdom. There's work that is still needing to be done. And he's calling you today.
0: Amen, amen. My first time to preach from a tablet and it's gone to sleep on me. Let's wake it up. (laughs) I want to echo what Nathaniel was saying. It's so crucial that we get our passion back. I think one of the negative sides, there were many, of COVID is it got most of us, if not all of us, just kind of like, ugh. And we lost a lot of passion for Jesus Christ. Not that we didn't love him, but we lost a lot of passion of just doing what he wants us to do. And, and I do pray that God help us to get our passion back. The third, third thing we want to talk about is the definition is purpose. And the definition of purpose is reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Pursuing God and his kingdom and doing it with a passion like Nathaniel just shared is so very important. But it's not something we just add to our everyday life. You see, the very purpose God created us is to know him, to worship him, and to make him known. God desires for us to have that personal relationship with him. I love the fact that the God that created the universe wants a personal relationship with you and you and you and you and you. He doesn't just want to go to Sunday, get your little check mark. I went to church. Oh, I read my Bible on Tuesday. Let me check that off. No, 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 no. It's not a check mark thing. It's not a, I want to do the good Christian thing. No, it's a relationship. Like Pastor Tim continued to pursue me even when I didn't deserve it. He continued to love me. How much more does your father God love you and is pursuing you? And he wants you to have that relationship with him. The greatest thing thing we will ever do is have a relationship with him. And our purpose is to know him and make him known. Last week, when I went to the Tampa airport, I was sitting in the airport and I saw this young lady reminded me of Joanna. She goes running through the airport and up to the desk. And I didn't pay attention after that. A little bit later, she comes and she sits down about eight seats down from me on the other side. And she puts her hands in her face and just begins to sob. She's crying and she's crying. And and I just felt like the Lord said, go talk to her. And I walked up to her and I said, baby girl, are you okay? She looks at me with tears streaming. She said, yes, I'm fine. I said, sweetheart, you don't seem fine and she said, I missed my flight. This is my second flight I've missed today. Well, baby girl has an issue with time. That's another problem. But, (laughs) but I said, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I said, were you trying to get home? She said, no, ma'am. I have a job interview in New York for a jewelry store. And I said, okay. I said, well, baby girl, have you called them or text them or emailed them to let them know you're going to miss this appointment. And can you come tomorrow? She's like, Oh yeah, I can do that. So, you know, always got to be a mama wherever you go. Right ladies. (laughs) So she did that. And I went and sat down across from her and I pulled out, I had packed two bananas. Now I'm going to tell you something. When the Lord speaks to your heart, as simple as it may be, listen to him. I had full intentions of packing one banana that morning before I left for my flight. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said, take two. And I'm like, okay, I'll pack two. Now, my bananas looked a whole lot better than this. They were bright yellow and looked really good. And I pulled them out, and the Lord said, offer her a banana. I said, hey, baby girl, you want a banana? And she's like, please. I think she was starving. She opened it up, and she just chowed down on that banana. Simple thing of a banana. But it showed her that I really did care. And the Lord said, just sit down and talk with her. And I asked her questions about, you know, what is it about jewelry? Why does she want to work work at a jewelry store? And she's telling me all this stuff. And I'm explaining how, well, the ring I had on this was my grandmother's ring. And, And my husband gave me this ring for our 40th anniversary. We got it for like such a steal. And I even told her what we paid. And she's like, how did you do that? I said, it was God, baby girl. God loves me so much. He blesses us even with jewelry. And anyway, so we're talking about all that. And she said, wow, I've never met anybody in my life. That's been married for 40 years. She said, I want that. I want that. And the Lord used that as an open door to begin to tell her why we have such a great marriage. It's because we put God First in our lives and then each other. And we talked about that for a little bit. And I said, baby girl, God loves you. Do you do you know anything about the Lord? And she said, well, when I was a little girl, my dad and my stepmom would make me go to church. I didn't want to go, but they made me go. But it's funny you ask, because just the other day I was thinking, maybe I should think about this God thing and maybe I should get a God relationship. I said, sweetheart, I have a gift for you. Carlton, where are you at? brother, you see what I had? He gave me some of these looks like a bunch of money. I said, I have a gift for you. It's the book of John and I want to give it to you. She's like, thank you so much. And I gave it to her. She goes, what's the book of John? (laughs) So I was able to tell her what the book of John is and I encouraged her to read it. And, and I gave her my phone number. I said, if you ever want to call, you want to talk to me, you want to text, whatever you can call me. And then I saw that my people were lining up to get on the plane and I took off. Can I tell you, when you ask God to show you opportunities to allow you to be the hands and feet of Jesus, he'll do it. So I get on my first plane and I always pray, God, you put who you want beside me. And if it's to be a God connection, so be it. And the young lady that sat beside me happened to be a Christian. And we talked about God the whole time. And we talked about um, books that we've read. It was just such a fun flight. My next flight was on a little pedal jumper plane, <laughs> not literally, but it was a tiny, tiny plane. And this gentleman came and sat beside me and I looked at him and I said, sir, are you from India? I've been to India. And he said, yes, ma'am, I am. And we began to talk and I found out his name was Dutch. And I said, so Dutch, what are you going to Springfield for? And he said, I'm going to um, check out a hospital there because I am being interviewed in different hospitals because I'm a doctor. And as we talked and got to know each other, um, he said, what do you do? And I said, my husband and I are pastors. Do you know what a pastor is? Long story short, we had all that conversation. And then the flight attendant sat down beside me. And he asked me, what are you going to Springfield for? Is this vacation? I said, no, actually, I am a pastor and a pastor's wife. And I'm going to uh, a pastor's wife's retreat. And he's like, oh, my word, I'm a new believer. And I can't believe God would let a pastor sit beside me, which that was funny because we're human beings just like anybody else. But anyway, so God allowed me to have an influence in his life. And, and so people of God. Don't be afraid. It's just a matter, young people, of sharing what God is doing in your life. I didn't preach to them. I didn't say you're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. I just shared. You know what? To E.B., I said, E.B., Jesus loves you. And I said, sweetie, I believe with all my heart he purposed for us to meet today. And she looked at me and she said, I believe it too. Young people, I want to talk to you for just a minute. I love you guys. You are my heart. I love you so much. But I feel like COVID has done a number on you guys. And I feel like... Before COVID, y'all had such an incredible passion for Jesus. I'm not saying you don't love him now. That's not what I'm saying. But I feel like you've lost some of that passion. And I want to challenge you. Get your fervor back for Jesus. Get your passion back. Make him your priority. Make him your passion. Allow him to use you in your school, in your home, in your neighborhood, in Walmart. Wherever you go. Let Jesus be your passion. Your pursuit. Your purpose. He's called you. As Nathaniel said. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. To give you hope and a future. But if you keep going. Then he says. If You will seek me with all of your heart. You will be found by me, declares the Lord. So we have to do our part. We can't just say, God has a great plan for me. I'm just going to live my life and God will bless it. No, we must pursue God. Adults, get your passion back. If you've lost it, it's time to get it back. Pursue God with everything. Spend time talking with him. Spend time studying his word and live his word. Are our musicians coming? Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? As we're wrapping this up, I just want to encourage you this morning. First, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you consider doing that today? Can I tell you living for Jesus is the greatest decision I've ever made. Oh, living for Jesus. You're going to have situations. Jesus said you're going to have problems but never fear because I've overcome the world. Trust him. Give him everything. And if you are already a Christian and you you would say, you know what, Pastor Jan, I can relate. I love Jesus, but I kind of my relationship with Him is not as passionate as it used to be. It's not what it needs to be, but I want it to be. I'm just going to ask you if you want to accept Christ as your Savior or you want to make a fresh challenge. you you, you want to make a fresh commitment today that I'm going all in for God I'm all in I want to be used of him I believe that he is coming back soon and we need to do whatever we can do to reach people for Jesus Christ would you just come and stand right down here you want to accept Jesus or and if you do when you come stand here just kind of wave at me so I'll know that's why you're coming or if you're saying you know what Pastor Jan, I'm going to join you because I want to make a fresh commitment of being all in for Jesus Christ. I want to be, come on and stand with me, Nathaniel. Pastor Tim, I want to be all in. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to make it a priority to be in the word. I want to make it a priority to talk with Jesus every day throughout the day. I want to make it a priority to tell others of his love. Is there anybody besides me that that would be your heart's cry today? Would you come forward in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, help us, oh God, to be passionate for you. Help us, Lord God, to be the men and women and teenagers and young people you've called us to be, oh God. Lord Jesus, have your will and way in this house today. In the name of Jesus, God help us, Lord. Give us such a passion, a hunger to know you like never before, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.